Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, please follow us on Apple Podcasts and keep our audience growing. If your iPhone recently upgraded to iOS 14.5, head to Apple Podcasts, search for Brown Ambition, and click on the plus button in the upper right-hand corner. Do that and you'll be following our show. You can also follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, or the Amazon Music app. And Android users, we didn't forget about you. You can find us on Google Podcasts. Happy Monday. I can see your face. Well, here's the thing. Before we start, I just want to apologize because I told you guys we were doing video and we are. Like, I can see Mandy. I know you can't, but I can. She looks really cute. Her curls are popping. They're bad. <laughs> we don't have our cameras just yet. So we'll let you know when, like, this is the episode that will actually be available to watch via video. But I can say that me and Mandy, you know, skin is popping. Right? Paint the picture. Cleaning. Right? Tiffany's Girl. got a lovely polka dot, like okay. I see a little horseshoe necklace. I see a por- <laughs> polka dot blouse. The dreads are freshly twisted, Girl. are they? They're looking yeah, very they good. Girl, you got a good eye. I can tell. They are laid. <laughs> they are so nice. I have uh, I have endured four hours in a chair with a very disgruntled teenage girl who did cared nothing for my time or hers <laughs> while she was removing my braids with all of the enthusiasm of like a very drunk snail is what I will say. <laughs> I this girl, last time I went to get my, when I got the braids put in, it was this amazing African braiding salon. And she was like, I'm going to Senegal. This is my niece. I'm training her. You know, she'll be here. She'll take your braids out. And I could just tell. I was like, I should probably not expect Wait. this to take the two hours <laughs> I was promised. She's just like, <sighs> and talking to her AirPods, like, oh, play little baby. Play little baby. <laughs> play pop smoke. Play pop and just tapping oh her face. Gosh. Oh my God. And I'm just like, thank God I brought my laptop so I can get some work done. But dang, that took yeah. forever. I, I don't know I don't if miss... I'm going to do braids again. <laughs> Girl, at least you had regular size braids. When I used to get the micro braids, you're like, I live here now. Ooh, the I live here now. What? I live here now. I eat with this family. I hold their baby. I just, you. Well, I don't think you even <laughs> offer that as an option. Just get a, get a micro braid wig is how I feel. Like why? My cousin's like, you know, they sell braided wigs. I was like, is that what Zendaya used? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> are you going to save this, your article for the boost or can we chat about it? Oh, let's chat. Let's talk. Let's Girl, the tea. I got my phone's all, been blowing up. 
<laughs> this red that Mandy had on. Let, first of all, I'm going to paint the scene. Okay, what, what's the what's the publication again? This is Grow by Acorns and CNBC. Right, so CNBC paint the scene. Mandy, picture this in this vibrant red top sweater. I think you know, but like you know, one of them light sweaters, a little V-neck, like um fitted red pants. I said, oh, red on red. That's how we doing it. Curls popping. I was like, first of all, who took these pictures? Who authorized? Just like Manny looked beautiful. And you're like, oh, wait, there's an article I must read. What? The title of the article was something like um, how I went from 70000 to 700000 as far as her net worth. She 10 x her net worth in five years. It is excellent. And it's just like, oh, thank you. It, first of all, the picture is giving wealth. It's giving wealth. It's giving happiness. It's giving wholeness. It's giving, you know, we'll be a millionaire. It's giving Photoshop. <laughs> it's giving stylist. It's giving hair. It's giving Stacy. Um, my hair is giving. It's giving Maria, my makeup artist. That's what it's giving. No, honestly, it yeah. was just, you looked beautiful, honestly, Mandy. And Thank it was you. just a really great article because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, your manager, a regular regular mandra who has been able to, you know, do something that's extraordinary, but something that other people can can do as well. So I'm just like, it was, yeah, just well done. Thank you. It was such a work in progress. This was an article, as soon as I launched my business, I sat down with my planner, as I talk about in the article, Oh, Helen, and my husband <laughs> and I, and I was like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a new chapter. I just want to know, like, what happens next? What do I have to do? Am I prepared? How long can this last? How long do I have? to get this bootstrap business off the ground. And Helen, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, someone commented and they're like, how do you not know what your net worth is? I, I always know what my net worth is. I have my app where I track it and we've talked about net worth and why it's so important. It's like, it's what you actually have after your liabilities versus your assets, all of that. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't really appreciated fully how far I had come. And I yes. think that's just having to do with a lot of life has happened in the last five years and a lot of decisions, stressful, fraught decisions were made. Tears were shed, you mm -hmm. know, vaginas were rampaged by tiny <laughs> humans, like <laughs> ravaged, her body was ravaged. A plague was cast upon the Girl, world. Can we, can we talk about it? Like, how you not know your net worth? It's like, how you even know your first name? Okay. <laughs> right? And, and I sort of had the philosophy of like, I try not to be too obsessed with checking my accounts because, yeah. you know, you check your account the wrong time of day and it can be down, you mm -hmm. know, astronomically and you may mm -hmm. stress out for no reason because give it a week and it'll bounce back. So anyway, she's like, yeah, let's look back to when you started working with me in 2016, right? When you became my client, it was 70K net worth. And this was right before my husband and I were getting married. And then she showed it now and it was 700. And I said, Whoa. Wow. Okay. Like something ha insane has happened in these five years. Let me unpack it. What, mm -hmm. what has been going on? And I mean, I knew that my job hopping, which I think is kind of a negative term, but the fact that I switched jobs, not mm -hmm. infrequently, my first decade in my career had a lot to do with it. But as I sat down, I poured out like 5,000, 6,000 words and I sent it to this editor at CNBC. And I was like, when you want this, <laughs> you want this, let me help me help me pare this down. And so shout out to my editor, Nina at CNBC for helping me. But I really did. I didn't want it to be a story that made people feel like they couldn't achieve their financial goals. It's not about hitting 700K. I never set out five years ago and said, I want to have 700K net worth in five years. I just set out five years ago and said, I want to keep continuing to stand by these like very basic principles and strategies that I believe will help me be financially secure. And 
choosing myself when it came to my career, being willing to to take big leaps to get those big raises and then asking for equity, you know, and shouts mm-hmm. out to my little brother who finally got his due. He finally got his little shout out for being the one to push me to ask for equity when I joined a startup four or five years ago. So I hope y'all enjoy it. We'll post a link in the show notes, but it felt really good to get it out there. Yeah. I'm just really proud Slash of Slash nerve wracking. Yes. Because it's honestly, you know they, my business you're, now. <laughs> you're on this, like, you know, we had like our, like Mandy says, we had our, you know, we, we've been having BRBA talks with a side of tea, which Mandy has been delighting in. <laughs> and so like, I'll, I'll be taking like one of my three mile walks and it will just be talking, but then we'll also just like, you know, just girlfriend chat. And just like I told you on Saturday to remember, and this is for anyone who's listening, who might be making the transition from corporate to business or whatever, you know, you put in a lot of work already that on the surface, it looks like, oh, man, he's a new entrepreneur, but not really. You have 10 years worth of work in this space as a journalist and an editor and personal finance and media. So this is just kind of like a different iteration of what you've been doing. You've got your 10,000 hours. So, you know, to remember that when you're feeling like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. It's like you've been doing it. It just looks different. So, yeah. And listen, I love corporate America. I still work through my consulting business, which is what I've been launching. I work for companies. Hell yeah, I do. But Mm -hmm. the difference is that I decide what I do and I only do the things that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And that is such a huge, yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge mind shift for me. But this is like a little random turn, but lately a lot of my friends have been having like friendship breakups. Like, Mm -hmm. and I I feel like it's been more devastating, like hearing them than like breaking up with like their boyfriend, you know? Not like divorce, like, you know, but certainly like just as devastating and sometimes even more devastating than they, you know, breaking up with like a love interest. But I don't know if it's because like, you know, I'm 41 and maybe there's like a transitional in that 40 like age range, but a bunch of my friends are like, oh yeah, like I would say at least four of them are having like with people that they were fairly close with, you know, not just some peripheral, like we don't talk to her no more and having a hard time managing. And so I wanted to talk about that today, like what that looks like, because I've had, you know, uh, my share of girlfriend breakups of people I was really close to and being like, wow, I want to say this probably in my lifetime, there's really been two major ones where I was like, this is like my closest friend. And, you know, what am I going to do? You know, sometimes it's just you've either outgrown each other or maybe there's something that you kind of overlooked and you've grown and you realize, hmm, that behavior is so conducive to like how I want to be treated anymore. And then people don't know how to shift because they're like, I've always treated you like this. I'm like, yeah, it's mean. <laughs> so I don't know. I just want to yeah. talk about that. Have you ever had like friendship breakup where you're like, wow, didn't think I'd ever break up with this person? I mean, in the third grade, my best friend Danielle <laughs> and I, we had a falling out. Um, I ruined her quilt that she quilted in our third grade class by accident. It was an accident. Anyway, no. No, seriously, I'm naturally an introvert, and my relationships have always been, I'm like a few friends. I have associates, and and Mm -hmm. I love having friends at work because they make you get through the day. It makes it so much easier to get through the day when you have people to kiki with at work. I'm not so good at maintaining casual acquaintances. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work, and it gets harder to do. So there's friends in my life, like former roommates or former work colleagues. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I understand and I get that there's seasons and then you have friends who come and go. But the core, core group that I have, I haven't had a bad breakup. Now I have had big, like, you 
don't know if we're going to be friends again fights. Okay. Twice. Painful. Very Mm -hmm. painful. And I'm happy to say that those two relationships were mended with years, with time. Okay, okay. It's tough. It's really tough. And I think Mm -hmm. in 2020 and this year too, when everything is still virtual, like if you didn't already have a really good, strong foundation with your friends. Mm -hmm. And I used to also be kind of a needy friend. I was that friend like, don't you want to hang out with me? Like, (laughs) oh, you're not texting me back. Like, come on. Can you tell I never had a boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I had to... And I would put a lot of pressure, like, oh, like you're hanging out with so-and-so, but not me, and da-da-da-da. It was almost <laughs> like dating. I had to learn how to be my own friend and just, like, mm. and and also recognize that my friends can't be everything to me. They mm. need to go have their own friends and their own lives and everything. And as I've gotten more used to that, and, yeah. you know, I'm definitely used to it now, um, it's easier for me to to not to not feel a certain type of way if I haven't heard from someone in a month. Or if they miss a certain occasion, I'm not putting so much pressure on them because the truth is all of us are overwhelmed and busy. And I'm like opposite. I'm like that. I, I work on trying to be a better friend because I'm like the light, you know, like light touch friend. Like, ah, girl, I'll call you later and then fall asleep. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll come over. And you're like, Tiffany's not here. I'm like, ooh, my bad, girl. I was home watching like <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> Um, oh, no. But yeah, it's only happened like twice. And and, and to, it, in one, like my, my college like best friend, it was... It was bad just because uh, even I think she even realized like, yeah, I think I probably was pretty bullying to Tiffany. Because remember, I told you I had that really bad habit of having like the bully friend where like mm-hmm. I, you know, was vulnerable to the, to the, but in a way that was basically like, hey, you can run all over me. I'm available for you to, for you to walk all over me and like a sign on. And so I had to learn to be like, huh, that's not okay. But now I have to look and I look at my friendships now and I'm like, whew. Literally everyone in my inner circle, and even like 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 you know, there's like inner inner, then like a little bit around, a little bit of like literally, I can look at you know like five circles out, and it's not because of the the person, you know, it's really because I have decided like no, Tiffany, you are deserving of people not mistreating you, and like mm-hmm. you know, you're deserving of like not being being run all over, you know, and also too, I know how to speak up when someone does something wrong because sometimes what's happened is not even I can't say it's it's not ever all one person's fault when a friendship breaks up. I can look back and say, you never said anything. And now that it's 20,000 years later, you're saying something, but it's a blow up. But it's not someone's responsibility to know that that's something that you don't like. And so now they're carrying the weight of like 10 years of silence. And you're like, so, yeah. you know, so I could take ownership and be like, okay. So as a result, now my friendships are better, not because these people are better. It's also because I am better at showing up and being like, hey, you know, I didn't like that or that hurt my feelings or I didn't appreciate that. So making a way for friends to adjust and be like, oh, okay, girl, my bad. Won't, you know, won't do that again. Giving people the opportunity to to grow. And so that feels like, you know, better. But yeah, that just came up lately. I was like, what is something in the water? Like friends calling me like, yeah, girl, <laughs> we broke up. I'm like, you and him? No, my friend. I'm like, oh, what happened? You know? And so I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's just like this kind of like transition to the next level of grownness. You know, every every decade, you know, like I'm 40. That's like, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like the, you know, and maybe so to your point. I mean, I think relationships come and go. Yes. I'm very like frou-frou, I don't know, hippie about it. Like, thank you for your friendship. I'm grateful to you. Bye-bye. 
<laughs> but I am super duper excited because, and I'm like, I'm going to tell you guys as much as I can without obviously spilling all the beans, but you know, I've been working on a new project that's different than anything I've ever done before. It's really disruptive to the financial industry, like totally. It helps to solve some major friction points that I've seen in the industry that we've all, you know, have with the financial industry. And I was thinking kind of small about like the project at first and then speaking with my 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 business coach Zion and he was like, mm, yeah, no, if Uber can solve the cab issue, if you can solve for this issue in finance, how much more important is finance than the cab? And look how big Uber has become. He said, I need you to expand your capacity of what you're capable of and not think that you have to do everything. And I was like, okay. Then I had a, a chat with a potential investor and the way she just jumped out the window was like, you need investing? You need uh, angel investing? You want uh, venture capital funds? You want this? You want? I was like, wait, what? She's like, Tiffany, I think this is amazing. I think you are amazing. I see what you've done thus far. And so you let me know. And she's already set up some calls for me to talk to like some next level folks. And we have a joint friend who sold his company for a significant amount of money that I'm going to be chatting with soon. Mandy and I do. And um, I'm just excited because it's like, not for the money, because honestly, if I didn't want to work anymore, I mean, I wouldn't be making a million dollars a year, but my lifestyle would stay the same. I mean, I'll be wearing the same Target. I think I got this from Marshall, so I think I'm extra styling. I'm like, you see me, me and my Marshall <laughs> shirt. Um, I would be wearing the same clothes, be living in the same house. And honestly, I like my car. So it wouldn't, nothing would, ch would change externally. But what I'm more excited about, I'll be able to do more as far as philanthropy is concerned. And so I'm excited also, too, because I'm ambitious. I like to see, am I able to do a thing? Like, that excites me more than mm -hmm. anything, you know? And so to just know that what I conservatively thought was like, mm, you know, maybe this is a $50 million business. Not $50 million a year, but meaning, like, um, that's what it could be valued at. She's like, yeah, girl, try $200 million. I was like, wait, what? This is a venture capitalist <laughs> who told me this. And I was just like, what? Are you sure? She's like, Yes. And so I'm excited. Like I said, as, as things roll out and I'm able to share more, I will. It's super, super early, early, early. But if you know, this will be my fifth or sixth business. So I'm not new in the business game. The biggest lesson I've been learning lately is to expand my capacity. Expand my capacity. Because you think one way. You know, when I, I think about how hard it was to get to six figures a year, I think it was like five years in before I crossed the six-figure mark. And that was so hard. And then to go from six figures, you know, to 150,000 to 1 million took about three years instead of five years. But still, that was so hard. But it was really a mindset shift because 150,000, I had to do most of the work myself. A million, I had to do some of the work, but I had to hire some help. And then from $1 million a year in business to the now 10 million where we are a year in business, I had to learn that I had to do not do most of the work. So that was a mental shift. Like I have to do just a small percentage of the work and really come with the vision and the mission, you know, and allow the team to do what they're supposed to do. Cause I can't physically make as Tiffany $10 million a year with, you know, with what I do. And so like learning to go from 10 million to like, well, not to make 200 million, but to have a, a company that could be valued at that. What does that look like? So that's a capacity shift and a, men, a mindset shift that I'm still learning because there are parts of me who wants to go back to, okay, I got to get my hands dirty. What do I need to do? It's like, sis, you don't. 
And so I'm just yeah. excited. And I, as I learn more and as I grow and as things get mapped out and things I can share more, I'll share more with y'all because I think that many women, not just women, but people in general, but I find especially women sometimes have a capacity and confidence issue, not a capability issue. And if we can push past that, we can accomplish anything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also just getting used to saying your ideas out loud and yes. not feeling like you Part of the thing that I struggle with is sometimes like all the gr the big ideas, I'm like, where do I have the time? How do I do it? How and the point is that you can't do it all yourself. And then it's like yes. finding the right team and building it up around you. So you have the eye. I mean, you have like, I mean, think of Steve Jobs. He was a visionary for Apple, but he certainly didn't do it all on his own. Yes. Um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited the, too, honestly. I want you to be flying around on the budget needs to jet. Just oh, saving yeah, lives. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, was like, I, my sister asked me, would you ever get a private jet? I'm like, no. I mean, I'd be fine for first more environmentally. Yes. something more environmentally friendly. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, climate change, I'm actually like terrified. But um, Yes, I'm sweating you, now, girl. I'm, I'm patting <laughs> my face down with a mask, okay? <laughs> are any are any of my fellow uh, cable cord cutters struggling with not being able to watch the Olympics? Because I'm just kind of seeing clips on the gram. And it's mostly Simone. Simone doing her flips and me <laughs> pretending like I know exactly how difficult they are. They look real <laughs> difficult, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, flip, flip, flip. <laughs> but she did, I guess she didn't do Simone Biles, the gym, America's, you know, talent, most talented gymnast in history, iconic and like 20, all of 24 years old, I think. The New York Times had written, I think she didn't do so great or up to her standards anyway in the pre-Olympic round, the first round of her flipping and stuff mm -hmm. and she said on instagram she came out and she said you know and i was actually surprised that she even just let us peek into her mindset at the olympic games knowing that your first time out wasn't as great and she was like i hide it well but it does feel like i have the weight of the world on my shoulders and it wasn't my best effort but i'll come back stronger and to be so young and have so much pressure so much i can't pressure. And such a tiny little body. She's like I four feet tall. My God. a tiny little body. Have you seen the pictures with like the tall, her like standing next to like the, the Yugoslavian like basketball player? You're like, oh. <laughs> he's like seven, six. And she's like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And I think what I hope is that more people kind of show what happens behind the curtain because so many of us, you know, you're just starting out and you struggle and you think to yourself, you know, I must be doing something wrong because it's not working instantly. And if you only just knew that your fave also has a hard time, even at the height of their success, they're unsure sometimes, or they know they didn't do as well, or they're, they're, they struggle. You know, you want to keep your game face for, for certain things because obviously you want to walk in confidently, you know, but I think it's nice to see some of that because what it does, it, it allows us to be like, oh, okay. I know I'm just starting out, but someone who was super successful also has the same feelings that I have. I'm not crazy. I'm not lazy. I'm not going to not make it just because I'm feeling a little um, worried and scared. So that feels really good too to see. Yeah. And, and the idea that anybody can build something that's not, that doesn't come with challenges. Like that's mm -hmm. not, there is no utopia. There is no place you reach a mountaintop and everything is finally easy. I feel yes. like challenges growth. If you're struggling, then it means that you are growing. It means yes. that you're leveling up. It's just, I don't know, I kind of just accept that 
there will always be challenges. Always. You'll never have it all figured out. Doesn't it kind of suck? And yet here we are just like doing our best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I look at it as like, because my sister asked me in her new, uh, Tracy, her, uh, she just celebrated her first year in business. You I know, saw, so mm-hmm. she made her six figures. I was like, lucky you, because it took me five years to get six figures. You're lucky. I coached you. Um, but no, but she's doing great. And then she was just like, oh my gosh, it just feels so hard. Does it get any easier? I was like, no, you're 13. It doesn't get easier, but you get better. That's what I've recognized that the issues and the things and the challenges I deal with now, they are more complex. But quite honestly, except for like, you know, some extraordinary circumstances, I'm not as stressed because I am better equipped. I've got years of like, oh, that happened in 2015. You know what? Let me pull out that trick from my, oh, this is from 2017. No, 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 no. I recognize this, um, this turn. So you get better. And because you've experienced so much, you get more confident in your ability to manage what comes. There was this article about the difference between millionaires and billionaires. And they found that, um, the ability to manage failure was a huge component of how someone makes that leap from you know millions and millions and millions of dollars to billions because you have to almost be either fearless or be someone who fear does not hinder you even if you are afraid because you cannot yeah. jump to that level of like outward financial success you know timid there's just it's just no way and so yeah i think that to your point like you cannot you cannot achieve great success without great challenges. It's just part of it. That's how you learn. It's if it's not hard, then you're not doing it right, right? <laughs> like <if> your palms <laughs> aren't. That could be for more than one thing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, mute, mute it for the kids. Mute it for the kids. You don't have to explain. I just, <laughs> oh, I just knocked over my candle in the Zen Den. Let me take another sip of this vodka tonic. <laughs> I'm trying oh not to. I'm trying not to let you guys hear the the glass <laughs> clinking around in my cup. But you know she's being very environmentally friendly. She's got her um. She's got her. I see you with straw. your. Yes, I see that. <laughs> I uh, listen. It was a hard Monday, and it's hot as Hades. I just needed a cocktail, and I'm trying to be low carb. Okay. <laughs> uh, are you ready to do a boosty or a breaky? I need a break. I need a. I need a fan. Let me get one of those fans you got going on over there. It's hot. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and Clearpay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. So it's time to boost a break. Are you going to boost? Are you going to break, Mandy? I'm going to do a boost for my cute little $197 check from the government for my ch- <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get a child tax credit check, but I okay. got one. Oh. Got it. I ha- I have a child. I have one of those. Um <laughs> yeah, so the check started to be issued and it, I was surprised it was an actual physical check. Like it's okay. very official. It's like tinted colors and stuff. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean I I was shocked that we we got a check in the mail and not like a direct deposit, but for those of y'all wondering where your child tax credit is, I really want to post this link. The White House actually has something useful on their website <laughs> now. I know we've got been getting some questions from listeners about, you know, what does this mean for me? How do I get one? Yada, yada. I am not a certified public accountant or tax expert. And even the CPAs who are working, they're still trying to get caught up on like all these different tax things. But my understanding is that it's basically an advance on a tax refund, essentially. Mm-hmm. So every month till the end of 2021, you should be getting a check of a certain amount. It depends on your income. It depends how many kids you have. My the age of the kids. Age of the kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different factors. You know, I think it's up to $3,600 per child that you could be getting or something crazy like that. Or not crazy, but helpful, helpful mm-hmm. like that. And this is supposed to be cutting child poverty in a huge way. So if there's one, you know, silver lining of this pandemic is that, you know, we'll actually be getting some kind of social financial safety net for families who need it. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so we'll post a link, check it out. 
let us know. Are you guys getting your child tax credits? What are you doing with it? I think we just put ours into Rio's brokerage account and okay. we're just going to let it let it rock. But there was an interesting, you know, personally, I I felt a little bit guilty about getting a check. We're fine financially. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to a podcast. I forget. It was, I think it was The Indicator. I love that podcast from Planet Money. It's mm-hmm. like a nine, 10 minute daily podcast about some kind of economic indicator. But anyway, they talked about the child tax credit and why high income families are even getting a credit at all. They made the point that unfortunately or fortunately in this country, in order for the poorest people who need it most to get benefits, mm-hmm. you need to get upper middle class and high net worth people also interested in that benefit or feeling like they're benefiting it. Because when you have more people benefiting, then when you try and take it away, mm. you know, the wealthier people will get we'll just, pissed off and, mm-hmm, and say, no, 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 Yes. No, no. Because we all know who holds the power in America. Girl. It's the rich people. Yeah. So that's the, you know, I guess that's the argument behind why. Anyway, that's that's my, my break. Okay. Well, I'm going to do a little bit of a boost. So you might have heard of a little... Um, it's a black-owned, um, well, it's a, it's a husband and wife cu- um, couple. It's a bookstore in Washington, D.C., and it's called Mahogany Books. They are amazing. They actually hosted Forever President Barack Obama when his book came out. And this is where I had my virtual book launch party. We had, like, it was so much fun. Thousands of people showed up. So anyway, Ramonda, who's super awesome, she is the wife version of, of the component of the husband-wife duo that own Mahogany Books. They're actually reopening, and they're doing a celebration time. Come on. And she said, Tiffany... We would love if you came and signed some books. So Jersey, it's about, what did you say? Maybe like an hour and a half, two hour drive from DC. It's not too long. Yeah. Who are you asking? I don't live yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> two hours? Right? So it's, it's four, not too long. It's four from me to DC. So, I don't know. So it's not too long. So Saturday, August 7th from 3 to 4 p.m., I will be at Mahogany Books in Washington, D.C. Signing Get Good With Money. So come out, support. If you already have your book, bring it with you. I'll sign it. I have bracelets with me. Y'all know you'll be sweating me for them bunch of these bracelets. Um, I'm actually going to make like a weekend of it. I'm learning to lean in more to the fun things, you know, because normally I'd be like, I'll just dry down and sign books and come on back. But instead, I've invited like a number of my friends and I was just like, hey, let's go to D.C. We'll get a hotel, stay over, you know, have dinner. I have um, um, on my team, I think Logan lives in the, the DMV area, the, the the Delaware, Virginia, no, Delaware, excuse me, the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. I think Jadalise lives in Philly. I don't know how close Philly is to D.C. I feel like it's drivable. Oh, I love that name, Jadalise. Jadalise, Jadalise, right? Jadalise, um, Jadalise, Jadalise. And there's a bunch of other. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to have unicorns come out, my my team. And so I just want to make it like, you know, make a cute weekend of it. So if you are in the DMV, that's the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area, or you don't mind the drive, I will physically be there in person at Mahogany Books. I'll be there signing books from 3 to 4 p.m. on Saturday, August 7th. Why don't you get a budget Nisa tour bus <laughs> with, what, the ju- with your face all over it? Why not? It can be electric. No, that would I- be amazing. We should get a brown ambition tour bus. That's fun. So that's why you're not coming to my birthday party. Yeah, that's when you asked I me. I was like, oh, I already booked it. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, man, wait, 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 wait
my my Siri talks to me whenever she she is yes. so thirsty for attention. I right? need to turn this thing off on my computer. Anything that sounds remotely like it. <laughs> when is your actual Lordy. birthday, Mandy? Again? Oh, it's the sixth of August, mm. and yes, You're I am Leo. accepting gifts. I'm a Leo, <laughs> and I have two years of pent up energy just waiting for this birthday <laughs> favor because last year's birthday was whack. <laughs> I tried to be all cute and like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to get me anything. It's just a pandemic, you know. <laughs> I didn't do it. I w- I'm still mad. Last year was so whack. I'm having a party. We got the deck done. Oh, not finally. a party, but a party. <laughs> a party. And we're getting a barbecue caterer. Ooh. And they're going to have a smoker because my dad can't Ooh. come. So, you know, oh. keeping it keeping it smoky in his favor and in, in, in the way he would want it. Okay. Um, we're going to have neighbors and friends and family and... You know, I'm excited. I'm excited. No, that I want to do it awesome. up. Yeah. I got my Aww. cute little outfit. I, I always, do you have a birthday color? I always wear yellow on my birthday. No, you know what? I should do that. I don't have a birthday color. Maybe because I'm a, I'm a Leo, so I have to have a birthday color. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like, because you know, Jarrell, my husband, his birthday is um is on the 3rd. So he said, he said, oh, I got to figure out what my outfit's going to be because we're going to have a little party for him for his for his birthday, him and, him and the twin. Yeah. Yeah, so... That'll be cute Aww, for them. That's fun. I forget mm-hmm. we're birthday twins almost. Mm-hmm. I see. Leo. Big Leo energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed okay. the show, which we know that you have because you're still here, duh, we have an ask for you. If you can please take this link or you can send to a friend, three friends or family or coworkers or enemies, whomever that you think would like this show, you can send them to brownambitionpodcast.com or whatever link that you use to listen to us. We really would love to expand and increase our listenership. As you know, we now split our BAQA from like our BA chat bout. Okay. This was our chat bout episode, but we'll be doing our BAQA later on this week. So um, yeah, share, share, share. Tell a friend to tell a friend. All <laughs> right. Until next week. Bye. Well, Bye. until Friday. Bye. <laughs> until Friday. Oh, my goodness. You're right. See y'all Friday. We're so Bye. needy. And I love it. <laughs> Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.